This is the Leo Clamaco Podcast. Welcome to the Leo Clamaco Podcast. I'm your host, Leo. Today, we have an extremely special guest, Sergeant Camille Torres. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm really happy to be here. I am so happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's talk about you, who okay. you are, how did you become a sergeant? Let's okay. get into it. Go for it. Okay, well, as you guys just saw, I my name is Camille Torres. I joined the Army off of impulse. I decided to not let my parents go through college debt. So I was like, let's go to the military. <laughs> Senior year, I was like, let's do it. And my mom was like very happy about it. She, you know, was definitely for it. And I was very surprised. That she you weren't was, scared? No, I'm not easily scared. Okay. I guess in the moment, I feel like I felt it. Once I was in basic training, I was like, right. okay, now it hit me. Before that, even the in-processing, when I went to MEPS, when I did the whole shazam, Shabam, like I did everything. I was not nervous at all. Get How old were you? I was 17. You were 17 when you joined and you I, weren't normal, scared. Though. It's normal though. I think it's normal for kids. How though. is that normal? Um, I mean, I've met a lot of my soldiers right now. They actually join at 17. 17, 18 is like the normal age. Did you join Especially that? Directors. What's that called? ROTC? ROTC. No, I didn't. You're not. I actually did not think I was going to join the military um, throughout high school. It was when I tell you it was super last minute, senior year, two months before graduating, I was, my plan was to go Marines. And then somehow, some way I, I was praying about it and I ended up joining the army. And then that's when I, what year was it. this? 2016. 2016. Yeah. What about the army in particular enticed you? Why not the Navy or the Marines or the air force? To be honest with you, my goal was to join, to finish school college the first four years okay i was thinking about my goal was to do the t first 20 years and have that pension that's why i started with your first four years and unfortunately it didn't go as planned they tell you that you are able to start school right after basic training okay. um, before you join right. and that's not the case always unless if you're already enrolled but if you're not already enrolled then they'll make you wait a year so the government's um, lying to you automatically huh Necessarily, I don't think I'm the government. That, not but you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait a year before you go to school. Okay. Which now I learned that it's that's not the case. You could still go to school. I mean, the point of it all is for you to focus on you know your job, and because you're so fresh in the army as a private, you want to focus on your job and learning the skills that right. they teach you. But if you are able to manage both, then by all means go ahead. But I think that's mainly the goal. But I don't necessarily agree with that because once a year goes by and you start seeing your job and how uh, the routine is, you kind of get away from college. You more focus on like being better you're at the job. In. Yeah, you're all in. Yeah. You want to go to school, like airborne school, air assault. Like you, you're motivated and you see other people or other soldiers want to be just top notch. But right. that's, I don't, I half and half because school is very important and you really can't take aerosol school airborne school ranger like outside the military like that's right. all like inside the military but you can take school. It's perks right yeah it is perks and it makes and it, and it helps you become decorated in the military but um so which route did you go did you go to school or did you go to so army school right? both so i went so um i started with um college i went to university of maryland so you waited that one year and then you went to school after yes okay and then once i started school excuse me once I started school, I joined the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier back in 2020. Okay. 
So I had to stop school. Hold on. Okay. Explain to us what that is. So the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is a place, a honorable place where there's soldiers called tomb guards that guard the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which is World War One, World War Two, Korean War, and Vietnam. And these soldiers are unknown soldiers that were picked to re- represent each war. So, How are uh, they chosen? They were chosen by their bravery. So they're chosen uh, randomly because they are unknown. So we don't know who the, these, these soldiers it. are, right? Got it. So um, decorated, highly decorated soldiers, they're given the opportunity to select the unknown in their time. So World Got War it. One, a enlisted men. Each each war was an enlistment enlisted men that um, select an unknown. Um, but yeah, there's like a whole story behind it, definitely. But um, so, what's your role there? What do you do there? So I'm a tomb guard. I am a tomb guard. I'm a sentinel. I went through training uh, that lasted. So training normally when you try out for uh, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, it's basically six to nine months. That's the ideal training. Uh, I went through I went through the training uh, during COVID, so it definitely lasted longer than expected. Uh, but that's because everything was like shut down for sure the cemetery was shut down it was very difficult to pass training when you know we couldn't even see the other platoons or the other leadership to even have me pass but uh once uh the cemetery got back open um we were able to get that back at rolling so typically it's nine to uh, six to nine months for the training and yeah once you pass training you're a sentinel and sentinel i am currently the sixth female since 1937 wow since yeah there have only been six females chosen since mm-hmm. 1937. Wow. Congratulations. So the badge came out in 1958, um, but uh, the t- military soldiers started guarding in 1937. Uh, Is that the badge that you're wearing currently? Yes. Yes. It's, very, it's a very difficult badge to get. It's one of the rarest badges in the Army to actually achieve and earn. Uh, but, yeah. Very cool. Actually, so there's actually, wait, I want to put this out there. Go there's for actually it. one, uh, the first infantry woman. Uh, well, I call her PFC Sky, but she uh, is the first infantry woman that has entered the actu- the platoon, and she was able to pass all four training um, tests, and now she's going to uh, take badge tests soon. And when she passes badge tests, she'll be the seventh, which I'm very proud of her because, you know, I was there when she was actually in training. So That's amazing. Let's clap for that. Fantastic. <laughs> so break down training for us. What were those six to nine months like? What did you endure? What did you go through? So it's a standard procedure uh, with everyone. Everyone is treated the same. Uh, there's a tryout uh, cycle where if you want to volunteer, it's a three-tier volunteer uh, kind of um, cycle. So you first volunteer for the Army, then you volunteer for the uh, Old Guard, and then you volunteer for the tomb of the unknown soldier uh it's all volunteer base now uh so basically once you are in the old guard and you've been there for about a year then you're able you're eligible to try out for the uh uh-huh yeah yes and so once they have tryouts uh uh they have what are they having you try out so they have a physical um aspect to see how physical physical you are when it comes excuse me when it comes to, um, uh, like, they, they make you go through a physical course. And what's that like? Break it down for us. Uh, it's different every time, I feel like. I, what did you go through? Uh, 
So because I went through through it during COVID, I didn't go through the physical portion. Um, it, it was more mental and making sure I knew what was going on. Like um, what I so I didn't really have a TDY process. I trained my TDY was within the platoon because it was my TDY class was literally two people. Wow. It was just me and another soldier, and uh, I was the Is one. Is that, that because was, it was during COVID? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was very difficult to actually recruit soldiers from other companies and other battalions because, right. you know, everyone was afraid, like, they don't want to mix, like, let's say another soldier, we don't even know if he had COVID, uh, come into the platoon and Got stuff you. like that. So I had to get tested before. And, yeah, it was just, honestly, everything happened for a reason. And, you know, my determination, I really just wanted to try out to see if I can, you know, challenge myself and be able to make it. And it was hard, but I, I made it in. That's awesome. Yeah. What else did they put you through in those nine months? In the nine months, for me, it was more like a year. I didn't pass until like a year later, uh, obviously because of COVID. But, you know, I since I didn't have a separate TDY class, I basically was enrolled already in the platoon taking TDY, I guess you could say. So tell me, what does it mean to you to be a part of this platoon? To be honest, is my it's very personal for me because my experience was between me and the unknowns, between me and the mission. Uh, the mission for us is to make sure that anything that happens in the plaza is protected. Um, we create that sacred space for the unknowns. Um, so when the public comes and watches us on the plaza, we make sure that it's guarded. There's no noise happening because it is a sacred place and because it is, it's, it's national shrine. So yeah, it, for me, it's more personal. I um, I think that my connection wasn't with the platoon. It was more so for the unknowns. I think that's what made me continue in the tomb. It is very rig like not rigorous, but like mentally um, hard because they want you to, they have a perfection standard but they want you to strive for perfection, right? So our line six in the Sentinel's Creed, which is our creed overall, um, right. it's line six is my standard will remain perfection. My standard will remain perfection. And basically we have a set standard, but we exceed the standard by trying to be perfect. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of ups and downs, especially being the only female in the platoon uh, with guys. But at the end of the day, you know, what made me kept, keep going was just the love for the mission. I definitely didn't understand uh, the mission at first. I knew what the unknown was about. I knew what the mission was about technically, right. but I didn't really, I didn't really fall in love with it until I, until a few months in and me falling in love with just guarding it and having that passion of, you know, that connection between the unknowns. Being the only female in your platoon, are you treated differently? Absolutely. And I think that that goes without saying uh, that goes with every every female in the army. I think that regardless of gender, yeah, uh, soldiers will say that gender doesn't exist in the military because we're all treated the same. But at the end of the day, there is a female and a male. And right. regardless of what any male soldier says, at the end of the day, there's a female and a male. And women just get treated differently just by default. And right. unfortunately, some get treated better. Some get treated worse. And 
you know, it was difficult for me at first because, you know, I had to earn everyone's respect. But it was for very sure. tiring because it was like constant. Like I like no matter what I did, I had to like constantly being tested, constantly being I had to like constantly prove, prove myself yourself, no yeah. matter. And if I made one mistake, it's it's like back to square one, you know. But honestly, I won't I can't really I don't think I would take back anything that I wanted to or I want to take back anything that I um, did because. Right the soldiers that tested me over and over again and like you know that wanted to basically prove myself to them that i'm you know top tier right and up to the standard that i belong uh we're all like family now so that's great yeah how has this training this discipline carried over to your personal life um i can definitely say physical um Whenever come whenever it comes to like working out or um, I just think it's very easy uh, when it comes to once you have a plan it's so I mean in my opinion it's very easy to be disciplined because it I've just been so disciplined like I okay so I've balanced out like uh, when it comes to the mission from nine to five or no, excuse me from like eight to five. Mm-hmm. It's all about the mission like at the tomb it's all about the mission we make sure everything is executed to the top how it's supposed to be on time right no minute less no minute more no mistakes everything is on time and we all that's one thing i could say about the platoon that you know we are super we don't we don't let people slack like we're all like carrying each other's weight like we all make sure everything is on point but all hands on deck yeah so for me i think that i lost my train of thought it's okay (laughs) what did you what was the question sorry how has this discipline oh, yeah. carried over to your personal life. So with that being said, with the whole platoon and being all hands on deck, um, I w- it's been three years, so I can now I'm able to know what discipline looks like and I can manage, I can transfer that. Like, let's say I have a goal set, like when it comes to finances or when it comes to like working out or when it comes to eating or when it comes to having fun or when it comes to personal uh, uh, interactions with people, um, I can definitely say with confidence that my job has definitely helped me with that and know like when it's okay to say no, when it's okay to say yes, when it's okay game time. It's right. I, I it's great. Yeah. Like I'm very grateful for that. I definitely learned that at the tomb. Um being um very what is that word? Articulate? Articulate? Articulate. Yeah. Being articulate at home and with my friends and you know, I'm very big on communication. Um, <laughs> I'm very big at communication. I talk about how I feel because, you know, being in the military definitely showed me um, that communication is key, especially as a woman. Men will not understand. At, no matter if they tell you that we're the same person or we're, the, we're all soldiers at the end of the day. Right. There's still a difference. They're not going to understand what what women come from when it comes to, like, how we come across. If I come across with attitude, but I'm not. I'm not trying to. They're gonna be like, "Dang, she's spicy," or "Dang, like," they're I don't know. Back. Yeah, they'll take it in a right. different way that you know. So, I definitely learned how to like communicate better and be able to have everyone understand so we can have a good environment for sure. Yeah. Speaking of that environment, what makes your platoon different? What makes it stand out from other platoons? We are. How many of you are there? First of all. So we're infantry sized platoon or I guess squad you could say. So if you Google um an infantry sized platoon, it's about like 
<laughs> so give me I'm a number. Saying, um, so because of OPSEC, I I can't really dis, um display like how many people are in the platoon just for security reasons. But if you know someone searches up what how big is a infantry platoon is, it will right. be on Google, and that's how much we would have like you know um, people in the platoon. So, got and it. That's on a like if that's we're all, we're good on Manning. Um, but what makes you guys special? We are basically the presence escort kind of thing. Like we're our unit is the backbone of the army kind of thing. Like we are break that down. What does that mean? So we are the army's. Um, how do I explain? Um, we are the face of the army. So whenever f- someone comes to the old guard, we have the United States Army drill team. We have the United States Continental Color Guard. We have uh, United States Army uh, caisson. We have um, uh, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, we have multiple platoons that showcase what the Army is about, and people from across the world will come and see how disciplined, how respectful, how structured, structured we yeah. are as the Army. Like, we're the most viewed, like, our platoon is the most viewed in the entire United States Army. Like, no one will see the army more than they come see us, come see the United States Army drill team. Got it. Or et cetera. So, yeah. We're basically the face of the army, pretty much. And that just goes for the the entire old guard. So your unit, basically, you're saying you guys are like the the, the front-facing, right? You guys are the most visible. Yes. Right? I'm assuming that you guys represent when someone, when a president comes from a different country, you guys are, yes. and they're being shown the tomb and you guys are there. Mm-hmm. So basically when it comes to um, an ambassador that comes from different countries, because we have a lot of that, they tend to lay wreaths uh, to show respect to the United States. And uh, they tend to um, be a part of the wreath ceremony and lay the wreaths for the unknowns. And usually the officers and the higher enlisted will take care of that ceremony. Uh, sometimes the senior enlisted um, will take over briefs or one of the younger enlisted will listen in and see how we talk to higher um, profile individuals um, respectfully, professionally, and how we handle ourselves as the face of the army. So, What's your day-to-day like? Um, so my day to day, um, so my day, I go to, I go to PT in the morning. Um, what is that? So, okay. What's PT? So because of OPSEC, I can't really tell you guys, um, exactly, exactly what we do in times and stuff like that. But Give I me an just, idea. What is it? Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a training? It's like a- so, uh, in the morning we wake up as a, as a squad. So we have three reliefs. Um, each relief is designed by height. So first relief is the tallest relief. Second relief, which is the relief that I was in is, um, the middle height. And the third relief is the shortest and shortest would be five, eight, five, okay. seven, five, eight. Um, right now we've been a little bit more accepting with heights because there has been, um, soldiers that, no, 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 not shoulders. Uh, there has been shoulder soldiers, soldiers, excuse me. There has been soldiers that have 
given their all to the unknowns and the mission and we want those people here we want those people a part of the mission we don't want just because you're tall that doesn't mean that you're all about the mission and you're going to excel and represent the army so real quick what is the mission the mission so our mission is um let me think there's actually a a verbiage of how to say the mission um um so our mission, we are responsible for maintaining the highest standards and traditions of the United States Army and this national shrine whose mission or like. Got it. Keep it holy, basically. Yeah, right? Keep it we're, sacred. We're, yeah. Our mission is to. Yeah. To prevent any desecration or disrespect prevented or towards the tomb of the unknown soldier. So directed to the towards. Wow. I'm stuttering crazy. But okay. yeah. Yeah. Our mission is to prevent any desecration or disrespect directed toward the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier by the public. Got it. And we maintain that national shrine as the national shrine, so. Does your platoon only cover the tombs, or do you do also do other Mm-mm. national monuments? Our sole mission is the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Got it. Um, the there are other platoons that do other yes. monuments. Yes, so like, well, not other monuments. There's No, it's no. just the cemetery. Um, Got it. For example, Quezon does... Um, uh, ceremonies like funeral services there's the casket platoon where you know they t- carry caskets you know right uh there's the casket platoon there's the um the firing party where whenever there's a, a funeral service and you hear the gunshots yeah we also have that as well okay very cool and then um but yeah so it just continues like everybody has their mission in the old guard and our sole mission is just to protect the tomb of the unknown soldier and that's our primary mission how big is that land? How big is that tomb? It's not that big, actually. No? No, it's not that big. I mean, it is definitely bigger than any... Um, normal cemetery? G- normal cemetery. Like, like the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is very separate from other tombstones. Um, but there's the uh, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the World War One, which is, like, the big... Are they split by wars, or is it all together? No, they're split by wars. Yeah, absolutely. There's crypts on... There's three crypts on the plaza. There's World War Two. I've never been. I have to go. Oh yeah, you do. It's actually very. Yeah. It's so, it's so powerful in the sense of I bet. like the energy, right? Yeah, it's everybody's quiet. Everybody, everybody's respectful. Everybody's like, if anybody hears each other talking, they'll be like, shh, stop talking, because it's that sacred. It's that. It's right. like, so you you'll feel it once the so on the winter is every hour on the hour. There's a guard change, and then in the summer it's every oh. thirty minutes. Okay. So. Whenever you see a guard change, you're going to see how powerful it is and how everybody is very respectful about it. Because Tell me why. What's important about that guard change? What happens? So, what occurs? Like I said, we are the face of the army and we are we try to well, we are the standard when it comes to uh, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and our mission and our uniforms. Crispy. Our walk. Crispy. Our the way we talk to the public. Crispy. Like everything is on point because we have to be that. We represent the unknowns. We represent the army, like I said. But whenever we go out in the public, right. we are. There's a set standard that you're a, keeping yeah, up. Yeah, we're, right. we're exceeding the standard at that point. And that's why everybody respects it. Because there's no falling behind. There's no. Um, no man left behind. No, not man left behind. No. There's no like. How do I, how there's do no I say? There's no bullshit. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no room for there's no room for mistakes, right. and people respect that. People will be.
be quiet and listen and make sure because it's such and honestly there's actual people that come because like especially like grandparents or mothers or fathers that have had their grandparents or their father and mother that would that had fought in world war ii in vietnam they're very emotional and they don't know who who was buried there but they represent their grandparents and their parents you know so people will go and they'll just mourn for their loved ones and that actually makes me emotional when i'm walking out there in the plaza so i've seen a video of you a really cool video where you're holding a rifle yeah and you're doing a bunch of cool things with that rifle you're spinning it you're tossing it around break that down for us what is that what is that called and why do you guys do that so I have, um, because I became a sentinel, after training, you become a sentinel. And as a sentinel... Um, what does you, that mean to be a sentinel? So becoming a sentinel is basically earning the tomb um, identification badge, which is what I'm wearing right here. Um, after training six to nine months, you have the opportunity to earn that badge, right? Um, once you've earned it, that means that you became a sentinel. If you don't earn it, then you don't have the right the rightful honor to become a sentinel if that makes sense yeah it Uh, it just seems it just basically you serve the tomb but that's it like no one really knows that you served a tomb but yourself you know got it and i think that's actually very special for all the sentinels that have passed and became sentinels uh because we worked our butt offs to make sure that we get to there um but what it means is we actually have a tomb identification identification bad board which uh in quarters, if any of you guys go uh, to the Tomb of Yano Soldier in Washington, D.C., we uh, down in quarters, we have a um, badge board where all the um, sentinels that have passed training from okay. 1958 till today, all the... You guys are honoring them, basically. Yes, and I think it's very special. Some, pe- some people might disagree, but I think it's very special to, you know, honor those that have passed training and... For sure. You know, because we all worked hard. Even those that didn't pass training, we all worked hard for it. Um, so break down the job of a sentinel and that whole routine with the rifle. So, oh, yeah. So our sole purpose as a sentinel, once you pass training, is to train your next replacement, to train the next perfection soldier to be. So when you leave, you can trust that they can continue to hold the, uh, uphold the standard. Basically your legacy. Yeah, pretty much. And that goes to every sentinel. That Our responsibility is to make sure that the next soldier is trained to the, to the highest perfection standard, right? Got it. Um, and then, so... Right now, as uh, Sentinels, you have to be a an NCO, which is like a sergeant or above, or corporal or above, uh, to be able to uh, change the change the guard. Uh, what that means is when you change the guard, you're basically changing the walker that's coming on and the walker that's coming off, which is um, what we do. We do a weapons inspection, and we're checking for any deficiencies on the weapon, make sure that it's completely... Um, clean when it comes to no rust there's no faulty anything that happens in, like how is that I, what that process is is that what you're doing during yes that process? so when we're doing the weapons inspection as a as an nco uh my job is to make sure that i am changing out the guard to make sure that the new guard is coming on properly and within that changing of the guard i am making sure that the weapon that they're bringing onto the plaza is to perfection just like us we make sure that there's no rust on them we Got make it. sure that the rifle is still fully functional the you know, the rifle is not um, loaded, but it is fully functional. So if we were able to, you know, need 
to you know up you Use know, load it, it. like right. uh on, that that's not gonna happen ever but For sure or not ever i can't say that but you know rare rarely if if it needs to happen which is you know have to be approved by congress it's fully functional that's all i have to say it's fully functional and yeah um but now as a sentinel walker i was both so i was a changer and i was also a walker my primary uh job as a sentinel i was a walker for a really long time um i think that my connection between as a walker and a changer, my experience, I feel more passionate about walking the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier because I am on the mat walking through the rain, the snow, the heat, storms, blizzards, everything like that creates because you're so used to, you know, working 26 hour shifts. It's just like it, it just creates that passion because you're out there and like Did everybody 26 is, hour shifts. Yes, 26 hour shifts. Yeah, that is our shifts. Um, We work five days. Um, Our work schedule is five days. And every, so day one, day three, and day five, we work 26 hour shifts. And day two, day four, we have our comp days. But technically, as a trainee, comp days, like, does not matter. Like, we are still going back to work to make sure our uniform is top tier. Our standard, we're still training to become the sentinel that we're supposed to be. Right. And, um... Yeah, so basically there's no sleep when Very you're intense, a trainer, yeah. when you're a trainee. Um, but yeah, as a responsibility as a sentinel, we're there with the trainee and still losing sleep because we're doing this for the unknowns, because we're representing the army, because we're representing not only the army, but ourselves and the tomb. So, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's difficult, though. So I could imagine. Yeah. What's the hardest part about being a soldier and what you do? Um, I think it's different for everyone, for sure, because as a woman, for me, it was definitely difficult um, having a uniform that doesn't look like every other guy uh, or every male soldier, every other male soldier. Um, What's the difference? I had curves. Like every soldier, every male soldier was like square. (laughs) And I had the curves. I had, you know, the breasts, the breast. I had, you know, just the curvature of my body. It just didn't look, it just didn't look the same as a male soldier. It didn't look uniformed. So, you know, I struggle with that because, you know, the whole sole purpose of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is for everything to look uniformed. But at the end of the day, if I work hard, and the soldiers know that, you know, I could do the same thing as them or even better. Um, they respect I, you. Not even respect. It's more like you can uphold the standard as much as they can or even better. Right. And my goal was You're to be equal. even better. Yeah. And even though I looked a little different, just because obviously I'm a female. Um, yeah. And I think another another thing that would be that was difficult for me going through training was... Um, being the only female in the platoon, I think that I, I've harped on that before and during this interview. Uh, being the only female was definitely difficult uh, because you're the mean, only female. Let me choose my I words mean. wisely because it was difficult. Um, um, say what you want to say, and then we can edit out what you don't want later. Okay. Okay. So being the only female in the platoon definitely came with some difficulties just because I I constantly had to prove myself. Like I said before, I've constantly had to prove myself. I constantly had to degrade myself to make them feel good about themselves. 
and it kind of, it kind of like made me lose myself. I ha- so I grew up as a Christian and I had and I used to never curse and I literally had to become worldly for them to respect me. Right. And I had to lose a part of myself for them to respect me. I'm super thankful that I had leadership uh, like uh, Sergeant First Class Chelsea Porterfield that just recently retired. She was the first um, female. Um, my memory is so shot. Um, oh, she was the first sergeant of the guard, female sergeant of the guard. And she was my platoon sergeant at the time for like a little bit. She was your mentor? She was not necessarily my mentor. She was more like... A guide. A guide, yeah, for sure. She was definitely a guide in making sure that the men knew how to treat women because most of the guys in the platoon did have not uh ever been have not ever worked with a woman before in the military and these are all 17 18 year old no 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 they were all old okay (laughs) they were all like mid-20s like early 30s but like mid-20s for sure and you know i was definitely very young and that's probably what but i was young but i was in a higher rank than them like they were privates and i was a specialist when i first got there and it was just very hard because they expected me to humble myself even though i was already humbled but it's just like they it was just too much like how did you overcome that um so i was a type of soldier that whatever i did um i wanted to make sure i showed them that i can still do it like if i got hurt Oh, yeah, that doesn't hurt. I got it. If I messed up, don't worry. I'll fix it. If I, like, any anything of that sort, I just made sure that I didn't whine, complain. I didn't um, do any of that nature uh, right. just so I could show strength. Uh, and I guess I earned my respect from that, but it definitely bit me in the butt, like, now, now that I'm out. I did my last walk on March 2023, and I, it was very emotional and i'm super happy that you know i was able to complete my time there but um yeah talk about your faith a little bit how has that kept you grounded how has that kept you going so my faith um i grew up as a church girl um i didn't really do anything crazy growing up um when I joined the military, the first two years, I definitely tried to not curse. I definitely tried to go to church all the time. I definitely tried to have people around me that believed in God and, like, have that, like, you know, faithful walk with God and have that, like, team around me. Right. But then once I realized that being, you know, with God didn't help me with the soldiers that I was in, I was becoming a part of like for example you know going to another duty station you know it wasn't interacting i wasn't being respected as a woman i wasn't you know especially when i was going up with the ranks like i had to unfortunately i had to change the way that i was more into the world cursing more you know being a little bit more aggressive more like assertive more dominant um right and i think that it definitely affected my character because you know, I ended up being a little bit more old school army because I was um, raised as old school army when I first got in. And it wasn't healthy uh, because, you know, now this new generation army, this I am who, you know, uh, this generation, new generation army is more focused on soldiers or people that are able to be free in, you know, their decisions and their unit and be more 
I guess, healthy mentally. And it wasn't like that when I first got in. And it was very difficult to change that. Uh, but, you know, I'm very blessed to have the soldiers that I was able to train. And, you know, yeah, we all, we're all family now after... <laughs> <laughs> we're great. all family now you know i've changed you know i definitely you know i had a lot of conversations with a lot of leadership that you know now that the army is changing to be a new army a new evolving army into this new generation i feel like you know i you just have to learn to adapt and i think that because i had god in my heart it was so easy to adapt you know it was so easy to go back to my roots and that's what i'm focusing on right now i'm focusing on uh now that i'm transitioning out the army i want to focus on going back into my faith um going to church consistently and i don't get me wrong i can go to church consistently in the army but right. you know i think that um it's just very for me specifically i know that there's some people can do it but for me personally i think it was de definitely difficult for me to not curse or to curse or um, excuse me it was def difficult for me to not curse um in the military especially when that's something that like you have to be like hey uh, you can't be like, hey, shut the freak up, or hey, shut up, or hey, be quiet, do better. No, you had to be like, hey, shut the F up, Bye. do effing better. You know what I'm saying? And that's not respectful anymore, right? You have to be more like, um, because now you have to be more respectful with your soldiers, vice versa, whatever. But, you know, I think that my focus on right now is going back. Like, I've been doing really good about, like, going back to my faith and being more secluded from the world because I need to focus on myself, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Talking, uh, you just mentioned how you have to be a little nicer nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Is that political? No, I don't think it's political. I mean, uh, it's that's mm. we can stay surface level. No, 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 it's not. I feel like uh, everybody hasn't everybody's entitled to their opinion uh, when it comes to like the political aspect, but I think it's more uh, being nicer is more uh, adapting to the generation that we are in right now. I think that, you know, being nicer to soldiers, being pe nicer to people that are, you know, coming into the military uh, definitely benefits the army because we need people to stay in and be disciplined. We need people to like, you know, the old ways doesn't, isn't always effective. Being disrespectful isn't always effective. Being, um, brutal isn't always effective right excuse me so that's why the army is adapting to you know new methods and how to treat people better and how to you know um keep people safe from hazing keep people safe from you know disrespect or verbal abuse if that makes sense so. it does it does um what role does that play within your uh, uh platoon like, does this politics have an effect on the platoon or no? Um, is that something that, that plays a role or it's just not even there? Um, we definitely apply it. There, absolutely. I think the the role applies to everyone. It doesn't just apply to just regular army. It does apply to the old guard. It applies to everyone. It has to. Right. I mean, I feel like just because we are kind of excluded from the regular army, we are like literally our own platoon and we have like our own ways of doing things. Right. But uh, we definitely stay true. We definitely try to stay true to um, uh, being respectful because that is the regulation. We make sure everything. I don't know. I think that um, definitely with the new soldiers coming in is definitely a different, different era of how soldiers coming in 2015, 2014, 2013, like definitely different than what it was before. But right. um yeah, um, it definitely applies to us 
still, like, regardless. Have you guys met Obama, Trump, and Biden? Yes. So All three? Um, absolutely. Every president comes to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier to lay a wreath, either on Veterans Day or Memorial Day. Technically, it would be Veterans Day. Right. Um, but Or Memorial Day, regard of whichever. Um, but... Obama has been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Um, President Obama has been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, former President um, Trump has been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And President Biden has been to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And also Vice President uh, Kamala Harris. Has Did you been. interact with them? Uh, the only person I've interacted well, the only person I've actually interacted with from afar was Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, just because their security is super tight notch, that I even bet. even the military soldiers or the tomb soldiers weren't able to um, interact with them unless right. it was scheduled. But um, I f a few years back, like 2017 or 2016, uh, or no, excuse me, 2019 or 18, when uh, former President uh, Trump was in office, he actually came down to the Tomb of the Young Soldier and said hi to all the tomb guards. Uh, my trainer at the time, or my trainer uh he was able to meet him and he's actually really cool like probably one of the first or one of the few few presidents that come down and say hi to the soldiers which is really cool that so, is really cool yeah so tell me what how long have you been in the army seven years this is gonna be my seventh this is my seventh year how much longer do you think you'll be in the army um, November will be my last month November okay. of 2023 is be my last month in the army so um, you're graduating <laughs> Basically, I am, unfortunately, you know, it's funny because I had the opportunity to become a pilot, um, a warrant officer, pilot. I've had, you know, networked with uh, officers that are up there that can really help me get to that program. Right. Um, I have had the opportunity to become enlisted aid because I, my original MOS is a culinary specialist. So I'm able, I was able to have the opportunity to um cook for generals and become wow. a chef in the military but i turned that down just because it wasn't my passion i don't see myself uh cooking for the rest of my life and that's my opinion right. um i do see people being very very successful in that industry um and i would love to be a pilot warrant officer that would be great but honestly i think that i ha well i know i have been praying a lot about my decision and you know, I just believe God, you know, I'm just we'll trusting provide. God in this. I just feel I, I'm just trusting God in this process. Like, you know, I'm praying. I'm just, right. you know, whatever. I'm open to staying in the army. And I'm also open to getting out the army. Like whatever happens, happens. And right now I'm leaning towards getting out just because uh, better money opportunity. Right. You know, and also I've also networked with um, with individuals that are really high in the uh, federal government in a department that i'm trying to get into and you know they're able to help me get there you know got you so, yeah very cool um what's your big dream what do you mean in like life in general? in general what's your big dream um that's a good question honestly that's a good question because right now i'm just thinking like you know, I'm trying to get out the military and I'm trying to be successful within the federal government, but I'm also trying to be, I try to get, so I've said this to like all of my friends and I've tried to like be rich fast and I've definitely made a lot of mistakes, which got me in a funk, but that's the reason, another reason why I, 
have that motivation to get out the army because I have the opportunity to make more money. And I think that um, with that, my goal is to be rich, like as in rich in the sense of like having multiple sources of income, having my um, Airbnb properties. I have, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I have some goals. I have some goals. Whatever. I'm shy. <laughs> but I feel like right now I'm not really clear about what I'm going to do right now just because my focus right now is um, my government job. Right. But as of right now, like, that's pretty much it. Fixing my credit. <laughs> Don't put that in. <laughs> if you were to meet someone, a young girl, mm -hmm. that's looking to follow your footsteps. Like to join the military? Yeah. What advice, what nugget would you provide? I would say if, if it's either your dream or if it's something that not necessarily the last choice that you have, like let's say you have the opportunity to go to college, go to college. But if you have the opportunity to that you have to go to the military, definitely join because the military at the end of the day isn't as bad as people make it seem, isn't as bad as I make it seem because everyone has a different experience. I definitely preach network is your net worth because I definitely learned that in other um, events and that I definitely apply that to my life because I wouldn't be where I'm at right now getting out the military with the network that I've created around me. Um, definitely if the young lady wants to join the military, I definitely would recommend uh, being true to yourself, never change for anyone. If the way that you are is the way that you are, be who you can be and that's it. Like don't, don't change for no one and people will respect you for that. I definitely um regret changing myself for someone or for guys but at the end of the day it wasn't even worth it because <laughs> i changed myself and i wasn't happy that, from who i was right and you gotta be true to yourself absolutely and i think that's very important because if you lose yourself that's it like you're gone you're the military has taken over and you want to make sure that when you join the military you take advantage of the military you cannot let the military take advantage of you because there's so much benefits that the military has to offer. There's so much opportunities that the military has to offer that no one really knows about and um, or no one really talks about. <clears throat> and that can help you like get ahead real quick. And that's basically the goal. Right, right? for sure. Yeah. Once you're done in November, can they call you back for any reason? Yes. Uh, if it's like absolutely emergency, I so anybody that joins the military, they have an eight year obligation. So if you get if you join for three years and get out, you still have five, five years, years right. five years um, obligation. But like it's more like non active duty. So it's more like if they absolutely need you, like for deployment or something goes down in you know the united states or there's war or something like that they can definitely call you back for any recall but you know i do have one year left uh and then once that year is done then i'll be completely done got it mm -hmm. your platoon would never see war right i can't say never okay but right now our primary mission is just uh guarding two of the unknown soldier got uh it. there has been times where um the old guard was um, chosen to f be a part of a war, but that's, I don't even have, I'm ignorant in that. Like, I don't even have information on that. Right. But yeah. But yeah, no, as of now, no. Our, we are, the old guard is a non-deployable unit. So we are not deployable right now. Got Our it. main focus is ceremonial. It's a ceremonial unit. We take care of presidential uh, ceremonies, uh, funerals. We take care of, um, 
re-ceremonies, et cetera, et cetera. That's great. Where can everybody find you? What's your IG? What's your Facebook? People want to ask you questions, interact with you. Where can we find you? So um, I'm very private, but definitely anybody that has questions about the military could be uh, that could reach me at Camille Torres 17 at Hotmail. Definitely old school Hotmail.com. For sure. Yeah. It's an so if you have any questions, let me know and I'll be super completely honest. Um, and then we can go from there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Sergeant, it's been a pleasure having you on Absolutely. the podcast. Hold on, p- hold on. <laughs> oh, I got a little surprise for you. Got a little surprise. Yeah. Oh, okay, what you okay. got? What you got? What you got? All right. Oh, boss thank man. you very much. So right here is a coin that I've um, that we are given once we pass Sentinel. Or I'm excuse me, we pass. Um, this is amazing. Training, we become a Sentinel. That coin is every Can I coin. Open it? Yeah, absolutely. This every is coin have our badge number on it. So I'm badge number ni- uh, 698. And wow. uh, yeah, that's a tomb guard in front of the coin. And I'm really honored. Silence this and is respect. amazing. Uh, those coins are actually very rare in the military. Um, only obviously tomb guards uh, carry it. And uh, we're given a limited amount unless we order more. But um, this is it's very expensive to order more. But yeah. It and says here, Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers, yeah. Silence and Respect. Um, if you think about it, powerful. Uh, there's actually a different. Um, wow. Every so every sentinel has the ability to earn a coin once they pa- passed um, badge test, but it's very rare to pass them out. So I will cherish this. I promise you. Yeah, absolutely. It's that's phenomenal. Thank you so much for the gift. Yeah. I'm like honored. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's my badge. My badge number. That's dope. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. It's been a pleasure having you. Likewise. I'm happy to be here and sharing my story. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, guys, that was another amazing podcast. Let's give Camille a round of applause. Sergeant Camille, a round of applause. And thank you so uh, much. And we'll see me. you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you.